0: Kentucky basketball gets to represent the United States of America in the 2023 Global Jam. But is this year's international trip going to go as smoothly as last season's? We'll talk about that on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are locked on Kentucky. Your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky. Athletics On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's trip to the Global Jam in Canada. It's happening tomorrow. We're going to be discussing what we need to see from the Wildcats, what we need to expect, because I think that this may not be as smooth of a trip as Kentucky's was to the Bahamas just a season Ago. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel already, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast, leave a review there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. The 2023 Global Jam. The Wildcats will be playing on CBS Sports Network for all three of their games. We're going to let you know about the times. Uh, In just a second, but I want to kind of give an overarching uh, conversation here as to what we need to expect out of Kentucky basketball heading into this and coming out of this, because we can talk about the rosters for the opposing teams, we can talk about the schedules, we can talk about the matchups, but I think this is more than anything because this doesn't count towards the Wildcats' record. This is about Kentucky, at least for us here on the show. It's about Kentucky. It's not like we're previewing. The Wildcats taking on South Carolina or or Tennessee or what have you in the middle of their SEC slate. This is about previewing the team and seeing how you can get better. John Calipari said in this, uh, in an an interview or in a post or in a press conference, rather, I should say, uh, he discussed how he feels about this uh, trip coming up. And he said what we kind of felt like was the case heading into this global jam here in that this is not the trip from a year ago. He said, quote, This isn't me taking a team to the Bahamas, putting other teams together, knowing we're winning by 30. We're team building. These are 23-year-old teams, which in Europe means they're professionals and they're teams that have been together. Last year in this event, Baylor went one and four. Baylor went one and four in this Global Jam just a season ago. And I want to be very clear to start off here. Kentucky is going against much better teams than they faced in the Bahamas a year ago, and they blew those teams out of the water. They absolutely destroyed them with relatively minimal efforts uh, all around, I would say. This year, Kentucky is going in with a much younger team with a lot less experience, and I think it's in a kind of a prove-it year for John Calipari, where he needs to be able to show that he can get back towards the top, uh, at least in postseason play, with a very talented but young team. And you're going against, like Cal mentioned, a bunch of 23-year-old guys or maybe even older. These are experienced players, and they have played on rosters that are quite honestly much better than I would think you would see the average roster look like in college basketball. Those teams for the Bahamas a season ago, some of them were younger, some of them were shorter, some of them were not as athletic, you're going to see Kentucky struggle at points in this tournament. Now, if they go 4-0, and if they beat all the different teams that they're going to play, or 3-0, and if I'm not mistaken, if they beat all the teams that they're supposed to, great. That's awesome. We're not suddenly predicting Kentucky's season to be different. We're not suddenly predicting Kentucky's season to be, oh, we're winning the national title all of a sudden because we beat Team Germany. Woohoo! I think that the most important thing that we can take away from this is that does Kentucky look... Like, they have become more cohesive even over a short period of a few days. Does it look like they're learning? Does it look like they're getting better? We can talk about efficiencies. We can talk about statistics. I don't really think those matter as much in this tournament. Of course, some will matter. If a, if a guy has a really, really poor shooting performance across several games and it's just clear... Okay, maybe offense is just not his strong suit. That's a conversation we'll have. But I'm not sitting here saying, well, Kentucky only shot 34% from three across these games. So therefore, they're going to be a bad shooting team this upcoming season. That's not what we're going to sit here and say. We're going to try and be, be somewhat realistic about this. Looking at some of the things that we are going to be discussing and looking for, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is leadership. Now we've discussed here several times this offseason about what leadership looks like for the Wildcats this upcoming season. As mentioned, this is a very, very young squad, and therefore there's going to be a lot of different young players that have the opportunity to step up, step up and play a veteran type of role. Now you know that Trey Mitchell and Antonio Reeves are coming in, and they're or coming back rather for Reeves and coming in for Mitchell. They're going to have chances to assert themselves as not just older guys on the team that understand what's going on, but guys that can communicate and guys that can lead? That was a question that we had about Reeves this offseason as to whether or not if he came back, and he has, would he be able to take that next step as a leader? Not just a veteran, but as a leader. According, According to what we've seen from John Calipari, according to what we've heard, he has been able to kind of get more comfortable in what he's doing. Is he going to be a leader on the court for the Wildcats during this global jam event when things get tough whenever they're losing? And they will be losing at different points. Let's just go ahead and accept that. Is Antonio Reeves out there communicating to his guys in the huddle, being encouraging, being critical where he needs to be? Is he somebody that you can rely on to help this team develop and take the next step on the court? Leadership, does it come from Mitchell? Does it come from a guy like DJ Wagner? Does it come from a guy like Rob Dillingham? Where does this leadership come from? We're going to be watching that, I think, intently to watch body language, communication, and how Kentucky handles themselves because, again, this is a very young team. Obviously, you've got your your coaches out here and you've got your staff members that are going to be leaders for them, but I think having somebody that's on the court consistently and is playing with these guys that can also be somewhat of a leader as well or be a just straight-up leader would be very beneficial to Kentucky's chemistry building and their I think their outcome uh, this upcoming season in really tough, important games. Second thing I want to talk about here is consistency on the rim, at the rim, on both ends of the floor. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I don't necessarily mean that we are statistically looking for Kentucky to put up efficient numbers inside the arc at the rim and then also protect the rim with consistency on the other end in terms of blocks or a specific field goal percentage. I just want to see Kentucky not fall apart in the areas that they shouldn't. I've been watching a lot of Summer League recently, a lot of NBA Summer League. If you haven't seen it, Cason Wallace absolutely popped off in his first game with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I believe it was 6 of 10 from 3, hit a half-court shot. But watch some of those summer league games and you'll realize that most of those events, because you have little time to put together a coaching staff, because you have a little time to put together a game plan, it's not organized basketball or as organized as it could be. It feels like a version of glorified street ball at times because players are looking to get shots up. They're looking to make a name for themselves. They're trying to make the cut, obviously. Understandably so. That's what the product's going to be because of how desperate some of these kids genuinely are. I get it, but there were so many moments throughout Summer League so far where teams, not just for the beginning of the game, but for the majority of the game, struggle to, in transition or in the half-court offense, doesn't matter what the pace of the game is, struggle to hit shots consistently at the rim, make layups, make floaters. It was really, really embarrassing the other day when San Antonio played Charlotte and we got to see Wynn Banyama's debut and neither Victor nor any other player on either team could consistently hit a layup because they were just going 90 miles an hour in transition and they were just flailing themselves up at the rim trying to either get fouled or they were literally airballing layups. You don't want to see Kentucky get in a rush. I think it's going to be something that's hard to push away from considering how young this team is. How do they handle adversity, I think will also factor into this. Don't rush yourself at the rim. And then on the other side, Kentucky's got some size. They absolutely do have some size. I'm looking forward to seeing how Kentucky handles things on the defensive end whenever they are pressured by a couple of these taller teams. We're going to get to those rosters in just a little bit. But protecting the rim, I think, is very important. Tying into that briefly, I think, is team defense. What does Kentucky do at the wing position, guarding lengthier players? There are several players across these rosters that I think are going to be difficult for Kentucky to guard just simply based on size alone. How does a player like Justin Edwards, Antonio Reeves, what have you, how do they handle Joey Hart, Jordan Burks? How do they handle these guys defensively? It's going to be interesting to see if they can stay in front of them consistently. That's probably something that's going to be an issue at times. Just brace yourself for it. And then the final thing I want to get to here before we dive into the rosters is Dillingham and Wagner. Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner are the two players right now that people have been talking about. Who's going to start at point guard? Is it going to be, is it going to be Dilly? Is it going to be Wagner? Who are we going to see running this offense as the starter this upcoming season? And I've continued to maintain my position. I believe that it's going to be Rob Dillingham. Now we don't have to get into that on today's episode as to why I believe that. You can look at previous episodes and hear my thoughts on the rotation here. But I think that watching how these two operate the offenses at different points against these different teams will be very important to pay attention to because I think that there is somewhat of a battle going on right now for that PG-1 spot. I just truly do have a lot of faith in Dillingham's abilities. And so watching whenever... By the way, don't take any stock into who starts, by the way, against uh, against Team Africa, I believe is the first game. Don't take any stock into that just because one guy starts or several guys start that you didn't expect. Don't don't be freaking out about it. It it truly doesn't matter. But what matters is whenever they're both on the court together, how does that operate? And whenever they're individually on the court by themselves, when Dillingham's out there and Wagner's not, when Wagner is and Dilly isn't. How does the offense flow? I'm not looking for a number, I'm not looking for a percentage, I'm not looking for an amount of points. Watch how the team operates. Is it more comfortable? Is it more fluid? Is it more explosive? Do guys get open easier? How does that work? Very curious to see that. So those are the things that I'll be looking for during the Global Jam. Finding leadership. Finding consistency at both ends of the floor on the rim. Handling adversity as a young team. Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner and how they play the offense. If you have any thoughts on how you expect this to go for UK. If you have any thoughts on how you would like for things to pan out. For the wildcats and how they should handle this or what you expect to see you can leave that in the youtube comments below all right i want to get into more of this global jam here i want to talk about the individual rosters because i think some height has to be discussed whenever looking at some of these individual players across the board before we get to that though i want to tell you guys about our friends over at bird dogs as i've been continuing to discuss here on the show for quite some time now Bird Dogs is, I think, one of, if not the best carriers when it comes to athletic wear and shorts. They are incredibly comfortable and cool-looking shorts. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through your thigh and give your leg a truly sculpted look. I'm actually wearing some black Bird Dogs right now. I'm not going to stand up because that would be kind of awkward, especially for audio listeners on the show, but I think they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better and they don't have this stiff restricting cotton that you'll find and, and commonly in some of these kind of uh kind of weird looking shorts athletic wear that you may see across the board at different uh shopping locations or what have you but i think that bird dogs truly is superior to all of them i've got friends that i've actually uh influenced recently just talking about bird dogs i've got one friend that continues to notify me whenever he's like hey I have used bird dogs, wearing them at different social events, and they look great with a lot of different outfits. I've used them going to the beach, and they're very comfortable, and they're also great to swim in, and also they're great to work out in. It's it's so versatile what bird dogs can bring to you. It's much like a Kevin Durant. Very solid, defensively lengthy, on, and is able to do a lot of different things on both ends of the floor. Bird dogs, uh, outside of, you know, Hopping on super teams is, I think, the Kevin Durant of clothing, uh, apparel, and I would highly encourage you guys to go check them out. You can go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You will not want to take your bird dogs off once you put them on. We promise you. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Tall hanging out here with you. Really appreciate all you guys making Locked On, Kentucky, your first listen every single day. I want to remind you guys that if you have not subscribed to the show already, please go ahead and do so. trying to get to 5K subs before the end of the season. Just want to go ahead and let you guys know now. We will be at SEC Media Days next week. Um, going to be fun to see what Mark Stoops and company have to say about the upcoming football season because I think it's going to be a lot better than what happened last season for the Wildcats. A bit of a disappointing year with a high-profile quarterback at the helm. They've got another one this season. What does Stoops say about it? What does the team say about it? We will discuss that next week. But for now, I want to dive into a roster that is not the Wildcats and is not played on a football field the Global Jam teams that Kentucky is going to be playing. So in case you do not know the schedule, they will be playing all of these games. If I'm not mistaken, according to Coach Cal, they will be playing all of these games on CBS Sports Network. If, uh, if Team USA makes the gold medal game, uh, CBS will have a live broadcast on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So Kentucky represents Team USA in this year's Global Jam. The Wildcats, I think it's a great honor to be selected to represent your country as just an individual school, taking on some very talented teams. And before we dive into the roster, Kentucky opens on Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time, so 1.30 tomorrow, against Germany inside uh, the Mattamy Athletic Center. I believe that's how you pronounce it. On Thursday... Kentucky will host Canada at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then on Saturday, Team USA will face Team Africa at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. So 1.30 on Wednesday, 8 p.m. on Thursday, and 1.30 on, uh, on Saturday for the Wildcats. It will be Germany, Canada, and Africa in that order. The Wildcats will either play in the gold medal game at 8 or the bronze medal game at 1.30 on Sunday, and I believe that game will be announced once they actually work through some of these other contests. So, the Wildcats' three opponents, Canada, Africa, Germany, going to start here with the first opponent that the Wildcats have because I think it is relevant to discuss the height on this first roster. So, as we all know, the Wildcats have been short. just to to put it bluntly, at the center and power forward position over the past couple of years. And before some of you sit there and say, well, it was made up by rebounding and what have you, I think the rim protection has been lacking statistically at times for for the Wildcats over the past two seasons. And I don't think there's any, there's not a strong case against that. Kentucky's defense has been way less efficient. um, And I I think that they've struggled at times against size down low. That was a huge storyline last season. For UK, Germany happens to have two seven footers on their roster. And one of them actually plays at UC Irvine. I'm not going to try and pronounce this man's last name. I bl- well, Actually, I will. His name is Bent. I believe it is uh, Luchten is how you pronounce his last name. Bent Luchten. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. <laughs> and then you've got Norris Agbakoko is how I'm going to pronounce his last name. A-G-B-A-K-O-K-O. Agbacoco. That sounds pretty close to what I think Norris's last name is. He is seven foot one. Bent Lutherton is seven feet tall, again from UC Irvine. And then you've also got a guard, a 6'6 guard from the University of Cincinnati. There's only one guard on this team that is shorter than six feet. And I don't think you're going to see a lot of shorter players in these rotations across these three games here. First three games here. For the Wildcats. So it brings me back to what we were talking about earlier. How does you got onions How does Trey Mitchell handle things at the rim? It's going to be tough. I think it's genuinely going to be difficult against some of these lengthier players. You also have to factor in when Kentucky switches and they kind of dig into their depth here, which they're going to do. How does a player like Reed Shepard, Joey Hart, Jordan Burks, you're looking at different guys like maybe even Brandon Canada stepping in at times and playing for the Wildcats. How do they handle these 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", guards on some of these teams? It's going to be difficult. I'm very curious to see what this team defense looks like. Again, the team defense has not been good for the Wildcats for the past couple of seasons. What does it look like? Very curious against this first opponent who, who has two 7-footers on their roster. All of the players from Team Canada uh, do not go any, to any colleges uh, in the United States as of right now. Most of them are from Ontario. They've got a couple of different interesting pieces, a uh, couple of 6'10 guys. Most of their guards are 6'3 or 6'4 or 6'5. So they've got some height here. Once again, thankful Kentucky doesn't have a five seven point guard in their backcourt. How do they handle it? What does it look like? Curious to see what this defense looks like. And then offensively, How does this challenge them as well? Playing against some length. It's always difficult to play against lengthier, more athletic teams. How does Kentucky handle the height? And I don't even think it's a disadvantage. I just think that they're going up against teams that have size. So that'll be interesting to watch. And then the final team, Team Africa. They've got a player from BYU that's 6'11", a forward, Ali Khalifa. They've also got Nelly Joseph, a 6'10", forward from New Mexico. Emmanuel Oak, it's not Okafor; it's Oka Raffor or Oka Raffer. That sounds really southern. Whenever I say it like that, six foot ten forward from Louisville. You've also got uh, Babacar Fay from Western Kentucky, a six foot eight forward there. So most of their forwards on their roster are actually players that uh, have been in college or starting college for Team Africa. So once again, college experience, talented players, older players, lengthy players. It all it all kind of combines to spell difficulty, genuine difficulty for the Wildcats in this global jam. I want to remind you guys once more: Baylor went one and four against this team, these teams last year, and obviously Kentucky's different. And some of you may rush to the comment section or rush to my social media to say, well, "Well, we're we're not Baylor, we're Kentucky." I understand that. I understand that the talent is absolutely, I think, at a higher level collectively but the experience certainly isn't there. There's a lot to learn from this. There's a lot to learn from this experience, and if Kentucky loses all their games, so be it. So be it. We're, we're, we're just simply going to have to learn what UK looks like this upcoming season, and there's going to be a lot of growing pains, I think, to be had, not just through this global jam, but also through the first few games of the non-conference slate. It's just part of adjusting to it. And thank goodness Kentucky gets this global jam to kind of feel things out and get more comfortable in a game-like setting. Because, man, it's going to be tough. You got some really difficult non-con games. So if you've got any thoughts on what Kentucky's going to be doing this upcoming season, if you've got any thoughts on what this young team looks like in the global jam, how they handle it, different teams, any opinions, thoughts, anything you want to share, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. And that is going to do it. For today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram. That is over at Kentucky podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, once again, you can leave them in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.